up your frozen dinners, grab your TV tray, and settle in for another episode of The Plus Platoon, your podcast for all things Disney Plus, brought to you by Disney Plus fans. Watch along with us every week as we cover all the new, the old, the good, and the bad on Disney Plus. So put down that remote, don't touch that dial, and welcome your fabulous Plus Platoon host. Hey everyone, welcome to the Plus Platoon. We're a Disney Plus fan podcast that gives us honest, spoiler-filled reviews of movies and shows on Disney Plus. We look at new releases, coming attractions, and we'll even go back into the vault to revisit some of the classic Disney that's on the platform. Make sure you're subscribed and you will never miss a moment. I'm going to bring in Pete this week. Pete, good to see you. Hey Derek, good to see you too. I think I, I think I had my shortest or my closest cut to uh, when we're starting the episode. I finished Zootopia about five minutes before we started recording. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm ready to talk about it. <laughs> and also this week, we've got Steve. Steve, glad to have you. Hello, with everyone. Us. <laughs> yeah. And sadly, Kate, unable to join us this week. So Uh-oh. it's just, just going to be a guy's night. So. Mm. With that being said, we're going to go completely off script. No, we're not. <laughs> um, guys, if you have not already, please like, subscribe, share. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere at Plus Platoon. So that way, get subscribed. You will never miss any episodes. You'll never miss anything we post during the week either. So enjoy some of the stuff because we got some stuff coming up that's going to have some interesting comments, I have a feeling. So yeah, there's there's a lot releasing in the next like month. There's a lot releasing in like the next two days. Okay, Pete, Kate is not here. You re- requested it. I've never done the news, so here comes the Disney Plus news. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 so anyways, here's the news that is come out. Uh, Andor is going to be showing the first two episodes of the series on ABC, FX, Freeform, and Hulu on Thanksgiving weekend, different nights, uh, setting up the series finale on November 23rd. It's also reported that the season finale is going to be two episodes. I don't know if that's true or not. Oh, man, cat. <laughs> we'll be discussing the entire series on our December 1st show. Um, yeah. I actually saw it, I saw the two episode finale several places. So I'm not doubting it at this point. So but they just dropped episode eleven. So are they saying I, there's actually thirteen episodes? They may, there may actually be thirteen episodes. We shall see. Or they're gonna do like a like a behind the scenes thing. Who knows? I've heard there's two episodes coming out next week. Yeah. So, so we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about December first. Um without reviewing it ourselves uh, i do have to say like the general consensus is it's very um positively reviewed show but it's also not getting a lot of it's not getting the views that most of the star wars shows have gotten so i think that's the reason that they're doing this is to try to drum up people to watch the show i would definitely agree and i'm but if I was ABC, to be perfectly honest, knowing those first few episodes, I would have done like a compilation of like the first three or four into one to try and truly draw people into the show. 
Yeah, because the first two episodes don't really have a conclusion, right? No. I would I agree with you. I would have taken the first three and and edited it down into like yeah. an hour, hour an and a half special or yeah. something like that. Yeah. For sure. Uh also there's a new Indiana Jones series in development for Disney Plus. Uh Harrison Ford is not thought to be involved. And it is believed that it will follow the fifth movie debuting in 2023. Harrison Ford has recently said that like, there's no Indiana Jones without him, but I would be surprised if Lucasfilm is thinking the same way. Or at least the people who are wanting the money for Disney TV. Well, right. Yes. Um, And then finally, uh, Elton John live farewell from Dodger stadium will debut live on November 20th at 11 p.m. Eastern or 8 p.m. Pacific. So I I guess a lot of East Coasters probably aren't going to be watching it live, but who knows? Um, It will also include guest artists and interviews with John and other celebrities cut in. So, um, you know, if you're a big Elton John fan or maybe even if you're not, this is something interesting to watch. Uh, You know, once it debuts live, I would assume it'll be available uh, following that streaming anytime you want. I I would assume anyway because in theory this is his last concert. So yeah, at least his last North America concert right, is right, what they're yeah. saying. So, but yeah, is this, he's supposed to retire after this tour. Then again, how many retirement tours have the Eagles had? I mean, well, and there's a lot of bands out there that say they're done, and then they, you know, for enough money. But yeah. we'll see. Okay. Well, this week. We have uh, grabbed another one of our diamonds in the rough. Before he joined us, Steve had actually mentioned this one, but it's one Pete and I had also had gone on the list. Also, we were watching the documentary Waking Sleeping Beauty. Basically, it follows the Disney animation from the travesty that was the Black Cauldron. And but really focuses on what is known as the Disney Renaissance. So that's Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Rescuers Down Under, Aladdin, Lion King. Those are the those especially not so much Rescuers Down Under, but the other are pretty much the big four that are focused on a lot for this show. And it goes into the background of the artists. It talks about the executives. It talks about some of the music. So it really dive. It's really dives into some of the nitty gritty of Disney in the late eighties and early nineties. Pete, I'm going to start with you. Did this show keep you entertained? Well, this is the third time I've seen this movie and I was still entertained by it. Even knowing the story. Um, I think it's a very well told story. As you said, it's really, it really goes from at the start of the movie. Disney animation is basically at just about the lowest point. They were in their entire history where, they were they were just kind of being kept along. They were shuffled off the lot to 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 a um, you know to a office in in um, Glendale. Was it, was it Glendale. They got moved to Glendale. yeah, like a warehouse in Glendale. And uh, you know, as you said, um, the Black Cauldron. They were they've been working on the Black Cauldron for like six years, and it was a mess. Um, and uh, you know, went from. It talked a lot about the animators, but then also talked about, uh, you know, Michael Eisner, Jeffrey Katzenberger and uh, Roy Disney quite a bit. Uh, and also Peter Schneider. Yeah, that, that, that the other guy. So basically the executives that basically ended up bringing 
helping to bring Disney back to uh, the forefront of animation and, you know, kind of the ups and downs of that process and, and how it worked. And it's, I, I will say it's a little bit self-congratulatory because it's, it's the film was made by Don Hunt. Han, who produced a lot of these movies, and you know, clearly they're very proud of themselves that they that you know this all happened. But I mean, you know, when we when you talk about uh, you know, the I guess what do you call it, the golden age of Disney or whatever, uh, in the 90s, this was really what led up to it. Animation takes so long to produce three, four years to make an animated movie, it really all started, you know, with the Eisner. Uh, era which started i think around 84 83 84 and it took almost five years to get to the little mermaid from that right um but even before that they they do talk about um great mouse detective and then oliver and oliver and company was really the first movie that was successful in a while yeah. even though they don't spend a lot of time on talking about that they do do mention it as well. Um, so yeah, I was very entertained by it. And as I said, the first time I saw it, I loved it. And this is actually the third time I've watched it and I still, uh, I still enjoyed it. So, uh, what about you, Steve? Um, this was the second time I saw it. And like you, Pete, I was entertained the second time, um, picked up a little bit more bits and pieces as watching it. Um, I'm fascinated by sort of the perfect storm that we had between Eisner and Wells and Katzenberg of how that all worked together, even though they didn't get along to come through with like some movies that are still going strong today that people say Disney and you mentioned a movie, they know what you're talking about. Um, Derek, what do you think? Um, yeah, I will say this was the second time I'd actually watched it all the way through. Also, um, I watched it for, when it first came out on the, the um, service well before we had even started this show. And yeah, kept me entertained. It moves along. It doesn't get bogged down too much in any super deep detail, which I kind of like. Um, watched it with my wife this time. Well, watched about the first half with her last night and she enjoyed it. She thought it was really interesting as well. So yeah, it definitely did keep me entertained. Um, it has, does have some stuff there that I was not aware of. And so I'm actually going to lead, let you lead this one off. Uh, Steve, what were you most surprised about? What, what's something you learned from this that you would never would have thought? Um, I actually learned this the first time I watched it, that the rescue is down under was the first time that sort of computer animation was used. So remembering that that's where it sort of started off, which sort of led to the Pixar thing. Um, also how Lion King was sort of the, Second thoughts. It was like the second rate animators that got put on that and actually that be, being a bigger hit than Pocahontas. So now, Steve, I will say I'm hurt because if you had been watching our review of Rescuers Down Under, you would have known that it was the well, first one. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I watched Waking Sleeping Beauty before I saw your show. So I That's actually knew that. Fair. That's so, fair. That's fair. Yes. Um, for me. I had not, I guess I knew, but I had not remembered that Roy and um, Walt's son-in-law, excuse me, Roy, the Roy in this is Walt's nephew. It's his brother's son. I had right, not remembered Roy, Roy's son. Ron, yeah. I cannot, had not remembered that he and Ron Miller, 
who was Walt's son-in-law had had the big falling out that they did because um, they were kind of running it together and Roy left because he was fed up with how and this is part of the look confused me a little bit. He left, but still had the power to bring in Michael Eisner. It, it was he didn't he didn't have the power to bring him in, but he like had enough influence on the board. He had enough influence still on the board okay. to um okay. to like suggest it, and I think the board went with it. I mean the yeah. the movie kind of made it sound like he did it himself, but I don't think it was just right just him. Yeah, and then. I had not realized that or had forgotten that Oliver and Company opened at the same time as Land Before Time, um, which was the Spielberg uh, animated show about dinosaurs. Right. With Littlefoot and that whole group. But, and I had not remembered that Land Before Time is a better movie. And, and, I, and I will come out and say it. it's not Disney. It is Spielberg. Land Before Time is a better movie than Oliver and Company. But that's what happens when you're dealing with Dickens. But it it definitely beat uh, Land Before Time at the box office. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Pete, what was probably most surprising for you? I just, I think the first time I saw it was just really how contentious things were between, uh, you know, the different Roy and Katzenberger and, and Michael Eisner and, um, you know, I know that Katzenberger was heavily influenced. I knew that when Frank Wells uh, passed away that Michael Eisner did, you know, Katzenberg wanted that job and Eisner didn't give it to him. And I knew that's why he left. But all the stuff kind of leading up to it that led to that, um, I did. I was not aware of that kind of detail to it. And, you know, it's it's. Um, you know, without talking about beyond uh, going beyond the movie really that incident of frank wells death that they do spend some time on but not a lot of time on really changed the direction of michael eisner's tenure with disney um he became much more um like financial financial bottom dollar guy Mm-hmm. after that yeah. and you know we got a lot of things like um <laughs> uh disney california adventure and <laughs> uh i get no which which is hong kong disneyland and basically like a lot they really started like kind of cheaping out on things after that um and this was you know the eisner that also i mean giving him credit he established the Disney decade, which was expanding the resorts and the parks uh, with Hollywood studios and all the hotels and everything. And, 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 you know, really expanding downtown Disney and all those things, pleasure Island, that was all his doing. But then later in the nineties, he kind of, they kept doing things, but then they would do it very bottom dollar. And uh, the stuff that went on for, you know, till the end of his tenure, till Iger came along was actually a lot, not good stuff for the, for the Disney parks. And, you know, I also, you also got to figure it eventually similarly led to the down. I don't want to say the downfall of animation, but that, very late nineties, but especially the, the first decade Baron of the two thousand. Yeah, home, home on the range, Chicken Little. Uh, oh no! Wait a minute, Chicken no, Little wait is wait a minute terrible. Chicken Little is funny. Chicken Little is 
Yeah, no. Chicken Little, Chicken Little is Disney doing a DreamWorks movie. Yes, it is. It's Disney doing Shrek. But yes, it has its funny moments. Okay, I'll give you that. It's still substandard Disney. That I would agree with. So, Although for that period of time, who could tell? Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. The, I mean, but even like even... They, some good movies came out of that period. Emperor's New, Gro- New Groove is actually pretty entertaining. Lilo and Stitch is very popular. I wouldn't argue that it's really all that good. No, Mulan, but, Mulan is very popular. Yeah, Mulan was still in that period of the, the you know, again, the residual of what of went on in this group. movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I, w- I would say like through Tarzan was what was going on until we saw this movie end and then uh after tarzan is is kind of uh what came after katzenberg left and katzenberg went to form to help form dreamworks DreamWorks. of course which you know um they hit obviously they hit really big with shrek um they had a couple of things before that but it it took some doing before they were competing with disney uh really was the was shrek and um how to train your dragon, I guess, and Kung Fu Panda. Right. Yeah. So they've had some good stuff too. Right. And I think well, I was, anyways, I was uh, go ahead, fascinated. Steve. I was just fascinated about how close to Disney was as a company was um, about to collapse being sold off in parts when it sort of started. Um, yep. Cause me growing up, not realizing until I was older that a lot of the movies I saw as a kid were basically re-releases. Like they mm-hmm. brought them back and re-released right. them. And then just how this combination of releasing Pinocchio on cassette, that being the first one on, on, on VHS and all these new movies sort of brought them back from the, like really the brink. Yeah. yeah. Because they didn't have to pay any more royalties. They, they already owned it. And I thought it was interesting that when they, I remember when Pinocchio came out on VHS, because of course we bought it, but what they would do then, there was a period of time there where they would release the old movies in theaters and yep. then they would bring and then they would bring them out on cassette. The interesting thing I thought was how I think it was Eisner said, you know, this isn't gonna make any difference when we release it seven years in the seven years again in the theater that the audiences will still come out. Well, once they put them on VHS, they never did re-release them. Yeah, to, to so, generally to theaters, yeah. Yeah. So that was a no, it's really not. But the the license to print money that they got and then of course every time a new for- format came out, they made a big deal about okay, now this Disney one's available on you no know, laser disc or this one's available on you no know, uh uh HD yeah. DVD or Blu-ray right. or right. <laughs> what was that little one with Sony that had the that was, that was the <laughs> mini disc? That was the HD DVD. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was on Betamax. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one released that. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff here. And there's a lot of stuff you get to hear from the actual people that are their interviews from the time period or right. their interviews from people who are looking back on the time period. The part I didn't really see was there wasn't a lot of looking back. I don't think we got any looking back from Katzenberg. Eisner did a little Eisner. They were able to go back and do a little interviewing with 
Roy they got they got before he passed away. Mm-hmm. Katzenberg didn't really want to have much to do with this movie because, I, of course, yeah. it didn't make him look that good. Yeah, I think I think he once he was gone, he didn't really ever talk about it yeah. very much. Yeah. So yes, and the okay. editing of the twelve minutes of um, Black Cauldron, which just fascinates me. I was like, what twelve minutes did you cut out? <laughs> And how could it have made the movie better by cutting it? <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, I will uh, put it out there for our audience. If you've never seen The Black Cauldron, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. That's one of the few I've never seen. It's just nothing. I did that, suggest you know. that as it's something yeah. we probably should watch. To see um, <laughs> it got thoroughly ignored. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there were, as we said earlier, there were four big movies that came out in this period of time. There was Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and The Lion King. And they came out in that order. And talk about some heavy hitters. What we did is I asked the rest of the platoon to rate those four in order. Not give them pixie dust ratings, but to just rate those four in order of how they should go. And uh, Pete and Steve have not seen how we ended up ranking these. So, uh, Gina, real quick, can you drop the banner down? Okay. So, in fourth place is Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid uh, came in as an, at an average of 3.5. We all kind of dropped down. Little Mermaid was, uh, I think, number three or four in all of our rankings. Um, part from part of it for me is without the music, the movie's slow. Is is part of the reason I don't like Middle Mermaid as much. Without the music, you don't have a ton. And, and the other oh. thing I would say yeah. is like it's before the animation got really good, got yeah. really high quality. It's yeah. still if you if you go back and watch it now, it's not it's a cartoon. It's not right. Yes. It's the, the the music totally makes that movie. If if as you say, if you take away the if you take away the music, it's not really anything special. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, the music is fantastic. So yeah, yeah. It was either my number three or my number four. Like I love Ursula as the villain, but the story just didn't hold with me. Yeah, looking. Yeah, I put it as my number three. So now this next one, one of you two gentlemen is not really going to like in number three is Aladdin. Um, and Pete, I know you put this as number one. Can you care to explain why? Uh, wow. And so it's <laughs> everybody else brought it down, huh? Yes. Um, so I'll tell you why I, it, it's kind of a personal thing for me. I think it just, the, this movie just hits me in the, cause I'm a big like Indiana Jones adventure type, uh, fan. So that those are my favorite types of movies. And even though the, um, you know, the music again, I, I love the, um, the songs written by, um, Mencken and Ashman, but, like the story, I think is it really hits. It's really super funny. Robin Williams was just brilliant as the genie, but it's also got some good action. And I don't know. I just think it's, um, you know, I as I said I had a hard time differentiating the top three. Um, they, I would give if somebody told me to give them pixie dust ratings, I'd give them all fives. So it was just a matter of this is the one that hits for me the the best. 
<laughs> and you and to me, you brought up something interesting. Without Robin Williams, there is no movie. Without Robin Williams, it is a lot harder movie to sit through because he makes the movie yeah. to me. And Derek, um, that's, that's why it was my not- number four. Because I took out Robin Williams. <laughs> it was the fourth one. So that's when I looked at it. So for me, three and four, Aladdin, Lone, and Little Mermaid, I went back and forth between third and fourth place. Yes, Pete, what were you going to say? I, I guess I, I was I was going to agree with that. I I wouldn't say he's a hundred percent of what makes the movie work, but yeah, it would it would be 90%. hard to it would be hard to imagine the movie without him. I would agree with that. Well, sure. you don't have to imagine it because look at Will Smith and what he did with the genie. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, yeah. So I th- I think I at least. I'm of the opinion that this is a far better version of Aladdin than that live action version was. Oh, for sure. Okay. Number two was Beauty and the Beast. And again, this is the one, this is the only one that's been of the four that was nominated for Best Picture. I would argue it's still the only true Best Picture animated nominee when there was, when it was five, it was a whole lot more select. Mm-hmm. Um, You've got the music on this one. You've got the animation is really starting to come into its own on this one. You've got some of the early computer graphics with like, I still remember the first time I ever saw that ballroom scene on the big screen and, and the computer animation on it is just amazing. So this, this has hit number two on our list. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue against this movie. It's really a it's really a Broadway musical brought to animation, like this the story and the characters and everything like that. Um, and that's that's another thing in this movie that kind of like they didn't talk too much about it. Like, but like initially, this was going to be like a drama, like not a drama, yes. but it was going to no, be going to be a drama. Yeah, it was going to be n- not a musical. And they, they actually like produced like 20 minutes of film and they were like, this is garbage. <laughs> they threw it all out. And then they, and then that's when they went to, um, Howard Ashman, Howard, uh, yeah, Ashman and Menken yeah. who were, uh, Aladdin was really Ashman's like, um, uh, that was his baby. He really wanted to do Aladdin and he, they kind of twisted their arm to do Beauty and the Beast. Um, and I think Beauty and the Beast actually came out first. It did. Um, but uh, uh, anyways, the, yeah, they, uh, and, and uh, again, it's, it's a great, it's a great movie. It's a, it's a, you know, it's the reason it was really Disney theatricals first stage musical yes because it works so well as a musical um you know a lot of the disney movies we call them musicals but they really only have four or five songs in them and this one really was back to front a musical i mean eight or nine i mean that not that they didn't add more songs for the stage but there's a lot of singing in this movie and so many of the old ones that we call disney musicals the music doesn't always drive the action in this one, the music definitely helps drive the action. Right. Yeah, it's really done. Like, I mean, as I said, right from the beginning, you go into that little town full of little, you know, whatever. It's the opening number. Yeah, it's, it's their it, opening intro. Right, right from the beginning, you're, it's a musical, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. And so I think we yeah. know what's number one. Yes. 
we do definitely know what's number one. It is The Lion King. And this was rate, actually ranked number one in three out of the four ratings. So it's um, just me. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think Pete, you put it at number two. I did, yeah. So um, to me, Lion King is the complete package. It's got the, it's got the songs. It's got the story. Um, I would argue it probably wouldn't be as great without Timon and Pumbaa. Um, but the casting in it is just amazing. We have reviewed this on the show before. Um, and it got very, very high scores across the board. Yes, including me. Um, so I think, yeah, I just think it's a complete package. Steve, how about you? Um, I put it as number one because I guess love the story, um, knowing that it was somewhat original story from Disney instead of taking like a fairy tale. Like you could definitely, I remember first seeing the thing going, this is Hamlet like. Um, but I guess like the story, um, liked the, um, the animation of it, um, just like Beauty and the Beast, though, I'd say this one has gone on to a bigger Broadway production than the Beauty and the Beast. Um, mm-hmm. Seeing that in person, amazing what, what's been done with that. Um, I look at the parks where the Lion King um, performance, whatever it is called, constantly Fest- is a big Festival. draw. Yeah, thank you. Festival of the Lion King. Um, I've seen that once or twice. Amazing, still amazing songs. Um, definitely was again for me the Beauty and the Beast and Lion King. I was going back and forth of how to put those in order and having different reasons for each one, but eventually this one won out for basically the story. Pete, what do you think? Yeah, well, again, I can't, <laughs> these these top three are so close. It's uh, you know I, any any day or I could argue for all three, uh, but what I'll say about the Lion King is. Of these movies, so if you when when you have kids, your kid at some point will pick some movie and watch it eight hundred times in a row, over and, and over, and usually more than one movie. But of these four movies, the one my daughter chose to watch for about a, two years was The Lion King, and I've seen that movie probably more times than I've seen any any other movie, <laughs> and it holds. I don't mind watching it even now because it's so good. And my daughter was in a theater, theatrical production of it as well, and I, so I watched it rehearsed for months, and I watched the stage version with a bunch of kids three times in a row, and I've seen it on you know the Broadway version. Um, it just doesn't get old. The, so- the songs are so good, too. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's kind of crazy. I mean, I do love Elton John, but like, it still amazes me that he wrote such good songs for a stage musical uh, at that kind of later point in his career. That these because you listen to some of these songs, and other than "Can You Feel the Love Tonight," I don't feel like you listen to go. Yeah, I don't think you feel and go, "Oh, this is an Elton John song." You know, they're they're just great musical songs um so yeah i now it's interesting we talked about how many songs were in the others i think there's only four songs in this one and the last one is like halfway through the movie hakuna matata is the no can you feel the love tonight's the last song but you guys we've got circle of life i don't count morning report because it wasn't in the original Right. Um, I want to be. True. We can't wait to be king. Okay, I can't Which wait to be five. King. I can't wait to be king. Be prepared. Be prepared. And Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. And can you feel the love tonight? So it's right. five. Yeah. 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 Oh, be prepared. Oh. Is a great. That's just a great. Like. Oh, that's a, That is. <laughs> that is such a great villain song. 
Yeah, is that it, it might be it might even be the best villain song. Yes. I, it's better uh, than poor unfortunate the, souls. Yeah, Definitely I was gonna say poor unfortunate souls you'd have an argument for, but um yeah, it's definitely um, the 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 imagery they use in that uh, that movie, and that's another thing that kind of uh, you know I think I think it was Steve that mentioned it, like talking about that it was the second supposedly the second tier animators. Yeah, and Pocahontas is a very lovely movie as well, but like you don't look at Lion King and go, oh, this wasn't this isn't well done. <laughs> I mean, it, lo- it looks great. <laughs> so, yeah. okay, so as we do. On every movie we watch, we need to give a pixie dust rating out of five cups of pixie dust. And remember, we're going with the documentary, not those different movies we just talked about. So right. the, on the documentary, Pete, cups of pixie dust out of five. This is one of my favorite Disney doc- documentaries. And so I'm I'm ranking it on a documentary scale, which is not the repeatability of an entertainment type movie. Like this is not a movie I would want to watch over and over again. Uh, But I would, I would still give this a four and a half. Um, Just especially if you're a fan of uh, Disney animation, it's a must, must see just very, very interesting. Um, I guess I would say if you're not really a Disney fan, it's maybe not for you, but if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a Disney fan. So if you haven't seen it, Watch it. What about you, Steve? Um, I'm going with you, Pete. Four and a half. Second time I watched it, totally was into it the second time around. Um, picked up on different things. Um, very strong movie. One of the first documentaries I actually watched on Disney Plus, which led me to many of the other ones like Howard and um, the one about the Sherman Brothers. The boys. So, thank you. Yep. So four and a half. What about you, Derek? Um, and for me, I... I put it up against the boys. And so, because that is probably where I kind of set the level. And this to me is right equal there. I'm going to give it a four. Um, it's not, again, it's not something that kept me absolutely riveted to the TV either time I watched it, but it was something that definitely very interesting. And I can see myself in three, four years going back and watching it again. So four. Gives us an average over four guys. I think that's very interesting. And I know um, Kate wasn't able to be on, but talking with Kate, she really, really enjoyed the documentary as well. Yeah. So definitely this was one. her first time seeing it. So it would have been interesting to hear. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can get her to talk on the next episode for just a couple minutes about her thoughts. Yeah, but definitely one that gets these. Unlike some of these stuff where we said, don't go watch this. This is a please go watch this. You will not regret it. So, okay. The other item that we watched this week were these new Zootopia Plus shorts. This was a series of six shorts that were unrelated that followed different sets of characters in the Zootopia cinematic universe, the ZCU, if you will. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go, any, meeny, miny, Steve, of the six, which short was your favorite? I'm going to go with the real rodents of little Rodentia at first. When it first started, I was just like going, I'm not going to like this. I don't, I'm not going to like this by, by the end was probably my favorite. And the one, the reason why I'm my favorite is in the other one, the, the one later, the Godfather of the bride, there's a callback to that short, which is cracked me up. So, cause in that episode of the real housewives, they mentioned of don't invite 
I'm cousin Morty because he's going to be drunk on cheese. And in that episode, you see that he got invited and he's drunk on cheese. I guess he backed me up. <laughs> Do you like reality shows in real life? Uh, I like Survivor. I that's probably my big number one reality show. So I don't watch Real Housewives. So that's why it's cringing. But I guess found this one just hilarious. So okay. I would say you, for me, it was probably the first one, the one with the bunnies and had the baby bunny. Has is it a trope that has been done over and over and over again with the bunny, the baby bunny getting stuck on the train and they having to go save it? Yes. Does that make it any less funny? No. Um, the rest of them, I will say for me, they weren't all winners, but um, I would say probably my second place one, and I actually. I'll see which one you liked the best, and then I might talk about my second favorite one. So, which one was your favorite, Pete? So, I don't know why this is, but I have to go with So You Think You Can Prance. Um, <laughs> I think because of Clawhauser uh, was one of my favorite characters, side characters from the original movie, and um, and just uh, you know the 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 chief bogo uh doing all that stuff it, it, it i mean it was a little bit of a rip off of the the sing movies um uh, which i also kind of like um but that that one i think made me laugh the most of the of the six okay i will say the other one that made me chuckle but again it was just one of those incredibly stereotypical was the the one with the waiter and the sloths Oh, the, um, um, dinner rush. Dinner yeah. rush. Basically, it's this waiter who has tickets to the gazelle, 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 gazelle yeah. concert. And it's, she has 10 minutes to go until she has to leave. And in comes, um, the sloth from the DMV and his date. And it's all about basically how everything she is so worried about trying to get them orders and such that all of her other tables completely fall apart. She's going to be, she knows she's going to be late for the concert. She's never going to make it. And it ends up that that's also where the sloths are going. And the, uh, in credit scene of Zootopia where, um, Judy and Nick are chase him down in that super fast red car. Right. (laughs) They pan the camera and it's them on the way to the gazelle concert. And it's her in the back seat going, I think I'll walk. But yeah, I know. Well, all six of them took place during the movie, the Zootopia movie. And they're in chronological order from the very beginning to the end. So, yeah, yes. And then Nick and Judy actually are supposed to be in each episode. So they make a cameo in each episode. I did okay. not catch all that, but but no. yes, I, I was doing some research today. Is they appear possibly in the background somewhere that they're in each episode? Okay, so, I mean they're in a lot. I mean, I'm gonna go but... back and check on. So yeah. I enjoyed them. They they much better than I thought they would be. Okay. Did they? Okay, Pete. Did they work as a collective set? Is did this work as a group of shorts? Um, for me, honestly, not completely. Um, I was okay with it. I, I guess I wanted more from the more main characters from the movie than, uh, you know, a lot of these shorts were really the, the one note side characters. We had Duke Weaselton and we had, uh, you know, the, we had 
two about the shrews, which seemed a little excessive to me. Um, again, you know, it's kind of a one note joke character and then, you know, having two entire episodes. Uh, yeah, I, I I'll agree with Steve that I think the rodents of little Rodentia was better than the Godfather parody that, um, yeah, it was that, that I didn't, yeah. didn't, I, I was like, I don't need two of these. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I, for me, it didn't completely work. Um, you know, it was, it was neat that they made them so that they were part of the going on during Zootopia. But as I said, there were, to me, there were better characters that they could have told stories about than, than what they did. So it didn't, um, we'll get to when we, we I'm assuming we're going to give them pixie dust, but I, so I would say some worked, some didn't. What about you, Steve? I would agree. I did not like the Weaselton one, the, the, the musical parody. I like musicals. That was was just painful to watch. Um, overall, they were entertaining. They made me chuckle. I liked them. Um, might watch them again just to pick up on things that I missed. Derek, what do you think? Um, the Duke one was really a miss for me. Uh, that was the, the musical one was just yeah. mm-hmm. it was horrible. Um, I agree <laughs> because because it didn't make any sense. Um, and, and this is coming from something that's a bunch of talking animals that try and get along with each other. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the real rodents ones or the Godfather, the rodent, either one of those was not really ones that worked for me. Um, yeah, this just, it, I don't need to see these again at all. Um, and I really hope that they don't come up, try and come up with like another season or another set of these. It's it's not something that's needed. You Disney animation, you've got better stuff to do and better material to work with if you really want to do any kind of sequels like this. Well, so. and and to me, Zootopia, the movie, it's another movie that because of my daughter, I've seen a ton and the movie is quite good. And uh, but part of the reason is it's good is it's it, it at its heart. It's telling a story about racism and you can argue whether it's hitting you over the head with it or not i think it's i wouldn't call it subtle but i think it's uh you know so i think i think it's a very interesting movie when you like when you watch it a few times and you see what the story is trying to tell and what what's trying to get behind it um and then these are just also light and fluffy it's like i want i want more zootopia but i want something better than this is is the way i feel that's fair okay wasn't necessarily planning on it, but why the heck not? Pete, give us a pixie dust on the on the set of Zootopia shorts. <sighs> Two and a half. Three. And I'm going to go with two. It, it, you don't need to see this again. So, okay. I mean, we. it's the worst thing we've watched, but it's definitely not something I need to see again. <laughs> No, it's, it's, to me, it's one of the, uh, I mean, of the different shorts that we've seen, this is probably the one I would rank the lowest. Mm, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I, I, I like the Baymax one better. The Baymax ser- ones were better overall. I, I, I certainly yeah. liked Doug Day's better and the Olaf one's better. And I'm trying to think what else there was. Mm, going, I, I'm, those of you not familiar, I'm looking at our list off 
that we have reviewed off the side of the screen. Yeah. And um, there's some Star Wars stuff in here, but I don't really count that. So yeah, no, that's not comparable. I'm I'm talking about either Disney or Pixar short. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be basically. I mean, the Doug best Day. the best is still Doug Days and the Olaf ones. <laughs> yeah, of the four, because I really think there's just basically the 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 four main ones that we've talked about. Those two, and then the Baymax ones, which yeah. I like the Baymax ones better than these. I would agree. Yeah, I agree so. with that. Okay. Next week, we are going back to New York slash a land far, far away with Disenchanted. Um, this is going to be the new release. This is the Disney Thanksgiving live action release that they are coming out with. Uh, features the main cast of Enchanted. Um, and Dina Menzel is actually going to sing in this one, Yay. which I think was one of our main criticisms of <laughs> Enchanted is that the main Broadway actress did not sing a song. Um, but we will see how this goes. We are um, going to try and get next week's show out a little early for you guys so that you can listen to it before you go argue with all your friends at Thanksgiving and can spoil the entire movie for them. <laughs> um, so with that, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Guys, we are booked all the way through the holidays, but there's going to be there's got to be some time next spring that we don't have anything booked because they can't hopefully possibly keep shoving all this Marvel and Star Wars down our neck where there's nothing else that we can do because <laughs> we will find time to do other stuff. So if there's something that is coming out that you really want us to watch, if there's something from the vault that you want us to go for, please email us at plusflatoon at gmail.com. Send us a message on Twitter, Instagram, message us on Facebook. We reply to all of them. Um, Guys, our episodes come out every Thursday on YouTube and across all your major podcasting networks, which you know if you're listening and watching to this show, but just want to let you know they will come out every Thursday. And with that, everyone, we will see everyone next week and have a wonderful weekend. Bye, guys. Bye. Oops. Hey. watching this week's episode of the plus platoon be sure to subscribe to the plus platoon podcast to keep getting great content each week then head over to apple podcast and leave those five star reviews as they help make the plus platoon visible to even more disney plus fans also go to youtube and like and subscribe to the plus platoon channel where you can watch all future episodes live if you have a question for the Plus Platoon, please send us an email to plusplatoon at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Plus Platoon. The Plus Platoon is a Disney Plus fan podcast and is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or the Disney Plus streaming service. All opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the individual hosts and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company. Thanks for watching and be sure to stay tuned for next week's episode because the Plus Platoon is to be continued. Continued.